Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello there, and welcome to Circling the Bases. My name is Chris Crawford. I hope everyone is enjoying, hopefully everyone is enjoying some fall. Hopefully you guys are getting some fall weather where you guys are at, because I know a lot of places are still not getting that fall weather. Uh, I've got my buddies Drew Silva and DJ Short here, guys. How How is your fall going? Is it actually fall where you're at, or is it just a continuation of the summer right now? No, it feels very fall-like here right, right. now. This has been the first week where there's like the chill in the air, which I'm, there you go. I'm all about because I, I have like a million hoodies and I'm, <laughs> I've am i had a different one every day this week. So it, this is a great time for me. Our, our buddy Drewbert's wearing one right now. <laughs> I can't fit into it. Um, it's, it's, it got really cold here all of a sudden. We had a freeze warning on like Monday night. Oh. Yeah. So we, we had a little fall. And then now it's just right into winter, which is usually how it works here. Drew and I have talked about this a lot. We are big fall guys. We do like our fall fall weather. Fall's my favorite. Yeah, we can keep you on the show now, DJ, because fall is is absolutely uh, the best weather. And part of it is because fall also means that we're talking about postseason baseball. And I think we've had an interesting couple of weeks of postseason baseball, to say the least. I'll just ask you guys right up front. So let's start with the fact that we have our LCS series. Now we have the Yankees and the Astros, which are playing on Wednesday afternoon, finally getting that series started. And then we also have the Phillies and the Padres in the LCS, which I joked about in our first postseason show, how funny that would be if that we got our LCS. Is this, is this good for baseball? I personally think it's awesome for baseball, but is this, is this good for baseball to have a series like, the Phillies and the Padres and the Astros and like, which one is better for baseball? I guess I would ask you guys, Uh, DJ, you start us off. I mean, I think the Yankees and Astros is better for baseball um, Mm. in that they're, they were the teams with the two best records in the American league. It's like the flip. It's like the flip side of the national league where, you know, these wild card kind of lower seed teams are the ones that made it out of it. So if you're trying to make this whole thing out of like, well, the, you know, the rested teams didn't have the advantage that they thought they did. You know, you're, we're seeing both sides of it, basically. Yeah. And all that is saying is that anything is possible in a small sample size, which is what we knew about the postseason to begin with. You know, sure. And we talked about this, I think, in the first episode we did before the wildcard series, that the, the Phillies 
we probably harped on that a little more than the Padres, but we should have probably talked about it a little more. The Padres too. How these teams were set up really well for the postseason too. Yeah. Very good. Very good starting pitching. They have stars who can hit the ball at the ballpark. I think the Padres have gotten some, you know, Cinderella kind of stories in their lineup too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think they've been set up nicely for the postseason, so it's not a shocker that this this could happen to me. But I do think there's this year is likely to be overrated by the fact that these that the National League field played out as it has. Yeah, sure. I I, re- I reject the premise of the question. <laughs> is it good for baseball? I, I don't I don't like. Are we talking about TV ratings? I don't care about those unless the games are on Peacock, and up to this point, they're not. Yeah. Um, so. I, I don't know. This is how the baseball postseason works, and it's yeah. it's uh, is antithetical the word, or just opposite of the w- way that the regular season works, where it's a marathon, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get thrown into this bracket tournament. We've always known it's kind of silly. If you're a baseball purist, you you kind of want it to be the way that it used to be, where the top two teams in each league would just meet, and that would be the playoffs, and they'd play a nine game series, but we do this for TV ratings and to determine a champion. And there's always going to be randomness because you're breaking down this long marathon season into three and five game series. Uh, We knew this going in and people that are griping about it. Like, I think it's almost just for content because it's hard to come up with anything else to write about. I don't feel sorry for the Dodgers that they lost. You you should have beat the Padres in a best of five. You had the opportunity. You got to, a, a first round bye, which has worked for the Astros. They've played very little in the yeah. last couple of weeks, and they seem to be doing just fine. I like them to keep it rolling tonight against the Yankees. Um, I think they're, I think the Astros are going to march their way to the World Series. But then again, maybe not because it's baseball and it's thrust into this strange format to determine a champion, and anything can happen. It's it's frustrating, but it's also why it makes for great television. If I mean, it was predictable, then it wouldn't be worth watching. You know, yeah. it, it wouldn't at all. You just might as well hit put in uh, MLB the show and hit simulate and see what happens at the end of the year. If that's really what you're all about. I mean, look, it's in a five game series. So many things can happen. And I think people also forget, like, if you win three out of five baseball games, you're winning right around 100 games in a season. Like, this is what baseball is, is it's a bunch of winning three out of five or four out of seven series like that is how you kind of advance yes you got your like the seattle mariners their 14 game winning streaks but this is how this goes and look we're talking about their the two favorites advanced in the alcs but one team it took like a week of games to be played that series was extremely close in my opinion and yes the houston astros did sweep my grandma's seattle mariners all three of those games were pretty spectacular and involved one play and Boy, and you talked about the Astros haven't played a lot of baseball. They did play 18 innings on Saturday. Yeah, they played two games. They, played they two did games. play two games on Saturday. We're going to call it a four-game sweep, actually, for the Astros <laughs> because of that one. Um, yeah. By the way, I was at the game, and it was still a blast, even though absolutely sure. nothing happened for 18 innings. But it was fantastic. I have a, I have a question about that, Chris. So you were in a sweep. Yes. And the suites that I've been in don't have like a last call for alcohol. 11 innings of no beer. Okay. That's wow. that's bad. That's yeah. bad. It was it really was. It was um look, uh I may have had a few um 
Canadian whiskeys mixed with a product that doesn't sponsor us uh, while I was <laughs> for the first few innings. But so I was pretty good. But at the same time, 11 innings. The other thing is a lot of food services shut down as well because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just if people aren't buying beer, there's not a whole lot of reason to keep your pretzel thing open. You know what I'm saying? So that was a bit rough, to be honest with you. But very much the definition of a first-person problem. Um, before we kind of recap these uh, LDS series, I want to remind everyone to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. So real quick before we uh, get into the LCS stuff, which is what everybody's here. Let's quickly just kind of look back at the the few LDS series. Let's start kind of with Houston and Seattle. I, I think Houston just showed why they're such an awesome postseason team on top of the fact that they're an awesome regular season as well. But let's quickly talk about the Seattle Mariners. I think that that team, look, I'm a little bit biased because I want my grandma to have something good. I think we saw that the future is pretty bright in Seattle. Would you agree with that, Drew? Yeah, they've got nothing to, to really – you know, be too devastated about they they went toe to toe with the Astros, who again are the best remaining team and might have been, I mean, might have been my World Series favorite coming into the whole thing with yeah. with the depth of pitching that they have and this condensed schedule. Um, so I, I thought the Mariners showed well, and it was good for them to dip their toe back into yeah. the postseason mix. I mean, just I don't think the players, you know have it in the front of their mind that it had been 21 years, but the fans certainly do. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, and so they're, yeah, they're equipped to, I love that they signed Luis Castillo to a long-term extension and and the young guys they have, the, the kind of dynamic pieces in that lineup. Um, I think they're g- probably going to have a big off season too. Hope so. And and maybe honestly, like in a, in a weird way, losing in the fashion that they did keeps the pedal to the metal for the front office. Like, not that Great Jerry point. Depoto needs any more urging to like <laughs> to, to wheel and deal, but sure. Um, I I would I I mean I'll I'll throw it back to you, Chris. You've got to feel pretty content in a way that I mean now that you're at least a couple days yes. removed from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it was heartbreaking. Don't get me wrong, because I mean literally they could have won. Not only could have won, probably should have won game one and game three, and whereas mm-hmm. one. Uh, unbelievable Jordan Alvarez homer in game two away from winning game two as well. Like they were, it's going to go down as a sweep, but it's maybe the most misleading sweep I've seen in the post. It didn't feel like a sweep at all. It it was, it was high stress pitching on the Astros side all all throughout. And yeah, yeah. I mean, Jordan Alvarez showed out, you know, as a superstar that he is. And yeah, uh, I think one of the most underrated hitters in baseball, like I I feel like more people should be talking about him. I don't know if that's us. The disrespect that's that's put on the Astros, maybe disrespect is the wrong word. I get what you're saying. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, like these are two of the best players in baseball. Yeah. Um, so to get to see them on this this stage here um, in the ALCS, maybe the World Series, uh, you know, maybe more casual fans will get to appreciate these guys. Absolutely. I was really impressed with Jeremy Pena as well, who kind of had a bad second half of the season, but showed why he's got star potential by hitting that home run, obviously, in the 18th inning. But he also had that huge base hit to set up the Jordan Alvarez home run in game one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually a pretty darn good pitch from Paul Seawald as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think the future is very bright. But Houston, I mean, we'll talk about it here real quick in the LCS portion of it. But like, they're just really, really good What's baseball up? team. Yeah, and the other LCS, which seemingly lasted as long as like 
the semifinals of the NBA playoffs, that series just seemed to take for absolutely ever, unfortunately, because of weather. But at the end of the day, Yankees beat the Guardians uh, in game five. Uh, Cleveland, that's an interesting playoff team going forward because I think the pitching is always going to be good in Cleveland because they're as good at developing pitching and as good as sustainability with pitching as anybody, as long as they're not trading those guys to other teams. Got some real question marks about that lineup still. And I do know that there has been some talk about maybe spending some money in the offseason. Um, DJ, do you think this is a team that could repeat next year? Or is this – that division is getting better uh, for sure. But how do you think they have a stranglehold on the division? Or is this something that could be just a one-year thing? It could just be a one-year thing. I mean, I could see the White Sox coming back uh, in this division with a new manager. And we'll see what kind of um, – tinkering they do with their roster. Certainly they're capable of better. Uh, but the Guardians, you know, we know they always pitch. The bullpen's good. Uh, bullpen's great, actually. Yeah. But in their seven playoff games, they scored a total of 17 runs. That's a problem. And they're, yeah. you know, they're pace, they're facing, you know, better pitching as well. Sure. And we know they're, you know, they make contact, but that's what they do. But there's just not enough power in it to keep kind of rallies going and, and get runs in bunches here. They're just not that team. So I think they're – a lot of people want baseball to, like, go back to this, you know, why, how come we can't, you know, string sure. three hits together and get sure. rallies going and play small ball? Well, you saw why that doesn't work in 2022. It's really hard, here. man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Guardians are going to go spend on a slugger this offseason. I highly doubt it. One thing they should spend on is a new replay coordinator. Holy <laughs> crap. Yeah. Truth. Yeah, I mean, that Game 5 rainout on Monday, obviously, I, I think really benefited the Yankees. Huge. Because they didn't have to throw Jamison Tyone out there. And he's going to pitch Game 1 tonight in Houston. The the one appearance he's made so far in the playoffs was in Game 2 against Cleveland. And he recorded no outs, gave up three hits, two runs, um, and a loss for New York. So I'd, I'd be worried about him to be able to throw Nestor Cortez instead. Uh, was obviously a, a huge advantage for the Yankees. I don't, I don't think they were too <laughs> – they were crying too much about the way that played out. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, it was bad for their fans that they were waiting. And, you know, I was working news on Monday night waiting for this game to start, and it just never did. They finally called it, like, close to, what, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, yeah. So that really benefited the Yankees. The Guardians, they have a nice core going, right? Yeah, and a totally. nice system going where they develop these pitchers. Um, they've got to spend some money though. I, sure. I, I don't. I, that that division is getting better. The Royals, we'll see. They obviously need some pitching. Brady Singer definitely took a, a big step forward. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are going to be good. They very rarely had all their bats in the lineup at the same time this year, and and we can blame Larusa too for for some of his blunders. Um, I think a new manager in there is gonna is gonna go a long way, and sure. and just health. Like they did not ha- usually have all their starters going at the same time. Lance Lynn didn't really figure it out toward until toward the end of the year. Lucas Giolito, I I th- can hopefully be a little better moving forward, and Dylan Cease, of course, is a stud. Um, so they're going to be a really good team. The Tigers have to be better than they were sure. this year, and I think they should be a lot better than they were this year. Um, so there's some talent in that division. The Guardians can't feel like they suddenly own the Central just because they kind of ran away with it at the end. No, and I would also say, I think Minnesota is so much better of a baseball team than they ended the year. Like, I, I know everything 
fell mm-hmm. apart. And I hate that they fell apart because I thought they made some really quality moves at the deadline, especially without giving up top prospects as well. I was really hoping that that was going to work out for them, but it did not. It They completely fell apart at the end of the year. But yeah, I do think, I think Cleveland can certainly be a playoff contender, but they are going to have to add some offense in order to be a team that can actually do some damage in the postseason. Although they did win that series against the Rays, it was very much because of the pitching. Uh, it was basically uh, it, despite the offense. Uh, LDS and the National League, uh, we'll just go quickly over this because I think we all know that Atlanta and Los Angeles are going to be really, really good next year because yeah. they have incredible cores coming back. I'll ask you first, Drew, what team should be more disappointed about not advancing, the Dodgers or the Braves? Because I think this is actually closer than some people might think. Yeah, no, I know. I, I would struggle to pick one. They both lost to a division rival. Um, they were both that was, those were the two hottest teams in baseball coming into the into the postseason. Yep. More disappointed. I I, I think the Dodgers have more built-in excuses with not having Walker Bueller. Um, you know, their pitching toward the end was not necessarily star-studded, even though you look at the ERAs and they were incredible. Sure. And they had uh, some issues with the back end of the bullpen. So I'm going to say the the Braves should should feel more frustrated if they have a gripe about the playoff format. I don't know. I guess I, I feel like that would be more justified, but I, I don't have a, I don't have a good answer to that question. I would say just by virtue of the win loss record that the Dodgers had, a historic uh, season, really in many ways, um, that they didn't that they won one, one playoff game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really kind of bitterly disappointing, I think. Uh, I think the Braves, like, they ran the table toward the end. They won the division. I, I, they can at least hang their hat on that. I think it's four in a row now. They've won the, the NLE. So, like, they kept their crown in the division um, and caught it at the very end. Uh, so I think they have reason to feel good. And, yeah, the core is coming back for the Braves. Um, the Dodgers, like, I think they went into the playoffs as a flawed team, though, like mm-hmm. you were saying, like, they didn't have a number three starter you could really rely on. Like Tony Gonsolin, they went to in game three and like that didn't work out. So you can kind of see this coming maybe for the Dodgers perhaps. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel bad for them because they had everything set up. Just yeah. didn't just didn't work out. And they're built to succeed in the postseason too, uh, offensively. Like we were just talking about Cleveland. You could say that about the Mets and the way they were built too. Uh, but these teams are built perfectly for the postseason, but anything can happen in, in five games. That's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, the Dodgers, like that offense was usually good for an explosion in a certain inning. You know, like you're mm-hmm, waiting yeah. for the big lopsided inning to come. And sure. it, it may, they may have had hints of it, but it never really – they needed more of it, obviously, than they got. Yeah, yeah. Right. and also – don't give me the five game series if because both of those teams were going to lose in a seven game series as well. Like San Diego and Philadelphia played much better baseball okay. than those teams did. And that series ended in four games. I mean, we, we could have seen a collapse, I guess, from one of them, but it, it wasn't the case. Like San Diego and Philadelphia outplayed those teams. And whether that's a flaw in the format of postseason or not, and whether, you know, some of this is people appreciate the regular season. To do what soccer does and realize that winning 111 games means that your season, in my personal opinion, can't be a failure. Now, it can't be an ultimate success if you don't win a World Series. But if you win 111 games, you had a very, very good season. Appreciate that. That's just not how us darn Americans I mean, are built. Only to. one team comes out on top in the end. It's true. You know, it's 
You got a one in 30 shot, man. You got yeah. a one in 30 shot. And sometimes it's not the best team. Like yeah. this is not new information. No. It's just the best team in it's, that yeah. four week time span. If things fall your way and it's not yep. necessarily indicative of the year long best team. We know it's, that. Yeah, and it's it's just weird. get used to that. Yeah. yeah. It's weird to me that people seem like surprised by, it. but I, I also think this is one of those cases where, there's more complaining about people complaining about the format <laughs> than there is like there, right. there's like a couple like the LA Times put out an opinion article from a reader and like that's what started some of this. There's you know a fly by night columnist somewhere who doesn't cover baseball all the time who yeah. has a problem with it. But I think baseball fans and, and people who follow this throughout the summer understand this is this is what we signed up for this we like it this way i think and if you want to change it again go back to the old system where it's just two teams get in and you play a nine game series i would enjoy it but you know tv ratings wouldn't be great yeah or you do a 154 game season and the division series is the best of seven okay yep. i'm good with that i mean i'd be cool with that but yeah. i don't know i mean this will evolve this is the first year oh gosh season. yeah so the next CBA, who knows? Maybe the division series will be seven games. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the NASCAR circuit, and in Premier League. Go Chelsea. There is also 100000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Steelers and Dolphins in our Sunday Night 7 contest. So let's talk about these LCS. We, we know the matchups because we talked about it a couple of times. We've got Houston against LA against LA that was the world series i think that everybody thought it was going to be <laughs> Houston versus New York and we have Philadelphia against San Diego let's start with San Diego versus Philadelphia because we do have one game already played in this series uh, a two nothing win for the Philadelphia Phil uh, goodness gracious yeah two nothing win for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, Zach Wheeler i thought was outstanding um, i'll ask you guys this real quick do you guys have an issue with them pulling Zach Wheeler after only seven innings in that start? Obviously, the result was fine, but were you guys surprised by that poll? I guess on paper I'm surprised, but not if you know how his season ended. 
um, and then he really didn't have a, a large workload there. Sure. And um, some of the velocity readings in his final inning did mm -hmm. look like he started to run out of gas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously it worked out. I mean, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez was awesome in the eighth inning. I think he struck mm -hmm. out two batters there. Uh, the Phillies fundies kind of blew up a little bit in the ninth inning. No, it was uh, the ship's fault. Somebody well, called it was yeah, the ship's yeah. fault. It was all the ship's fault that Alec Bohm couldn't make a 15-foot yeah. throw. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Jose Alvarado worked, worked around that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Wheeler was rolling. And I think if this was, you know, 1993, he would, yeah. he would be in there until the very end. But, uh, he'd be starting you know. game two after this if it was 1993. <laughs> I mean, right. um, I guess I'll ask you first, Drew, what do you think the key to this series is? Like, if if either team is going to win, just because I think the matchups are – kind of interesting here. Um, what do you think is going to be the ultimate key for the series? It's kind of like that bridge game. I feel great about the Phillies when Wheeler and Nola are on the mound. Ranger Suarez, not as much. Noah Syndergaard, not as much. But they got that done in, in, the, in the DS. Right. Um, against the Braves. And I feel like they're that's it's working so far to, to have – this is the way the Phillies are built, right? They mm -hmm. have like four top end players: Wheeler, Nola, Harper, uh, Real Muto, throw in Schwarber too, maybe five. Um, and Alec Baum has been very good, and Reese Hoskins been very good. It's I, the, the more you like look at the Phillies as a sure. playoff team, the more you can feel really good about it. And like maybe even going into the postseason, we should have seen this. I think we all picked them to beat the Cardinals. We did, um, and even I did as as our resident Cardinals. Fan. I picked I picked the Cardinals. I oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's your sorry. fault, DJ. That they. But did. as <laughs> I was like doing my notes and like prepping for the show, I was kind of like, I don't yeah. know if I feel I good about you. this. But it was almost yeah. like too late. I committed. Yeah, we haven't seen this iteration of the Phillies, and it's been kind of this structure for the last three years. But they just haven't gotten into the postseason because. They're mediocre when you really have to use that depth during the regular season, but they don't have to use that depth as much. And yep. when you compare their top five, six players to anyone's top five, six players, they're right mm -hmm. up there. Oh, yeah. And they're showing it right now. So if they can get a win in the in the Ranger Suarez or the Noah Syndergaard game, they're going to win. They're going to go to the World Series, and it, it could be an interesting matchup against whoever they face. I, I think it's going to be the Astros. I was looking at the World Series odds on points bet today. So the current favorites are the Astros at plus 160. Then it's the Phillies. Yeah. Plus 275 wow. right now. Yankees are plus 300. Padres at plus uh, 450 right now. I, I wouldn't mind be putting something on the Yankees, to be honest, at plus 300 uh, right now. But I, th I think you're totally right. I mean, the, if the Phillies can take this game today with Nola against Snell, I mean... They're looking – they're in perfect position. Yeah. I don't know if I love, you know, Musgrove against Suarez and, I mean, Clevenger against Syndergaard, whatever. That's kind of – I don't know. That that could go either way, really. But if the Phillies can, yeah, lean on those strengths that they have uh, with Wheeler and Nola at the top, get this advantage at the top of the – at the front of the series, they're in great position um, to take this series, I, I, I think. And I think this is a gettable game for the Phillies today. I think the thing about Blake Snell is, yeah, he's, he's capable of being dominant at times, but we've been over this a million times. If the, if the control and the command isn't there, mm -hmm. uh, he could give up home runs. I mean, base runners, pitch count's going to build up, and he'll be out of the game in the fifth inning. 
Maybe that's not what you want against the Padres bullpen because that, that's good. that's the thing here right. is that's that what I think is a big key in the series is how much more I trust the San Diego bullpen than I do the yeah. Philadelphia bullpen, and I think that's kind of funny because Josh Hader looked like such a disaster for much part of most a large part of that uh, after that transaction, but has looked yeah. so fantastic lately. I do wonder if they're going to have to start maybe considering using him in high leverage situations obviously didn't make sense to use him last night with down to nothing, but I'll be interested to see about that going forward. I'll also say this. I agree with you that it does create if, if obviously going up to a would be massive, especially when you're about to go play some home games. I also feel like it's not necessarily a must win game for San Diego. Now game three obviously becomes a must win if they don't win tonight, but I do think that the matchups will favor them going forward still, even pitching wise, like, and yeah, it'll hurt that you'll have to you'll lose a, a significant portion of your home field advantage. But I think game three is a just on paper anyway, and we all know what happens uh, based on what we've been talking about today, uh, basing something just on paper. I think that matchup is a clear advantage for San Diego. So obviously, I mean, this is a big game. This is a, a massive game uh, coming up here. Um I will bank my prediction for the series, and I will go ahead and say I like the Padres in seven in this one. And I could see this being a, a shorter I – could, I could have seen any outcome in this series, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you, just because I think they're so evenly matched. But both teams have some flaws that I think could be exploited. But I'm going to go Padres in seven. Uh, DJ, what are you going? I will go Phillies in six. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we I do talk- think those middle – I think the middle games, like you're saying, I think – uh, the Phillies will probably tie it at two-two. Like I think it's going to be in that kind of area once sure. we get to the toward the end of the series. I mean, the ability to pull the ability, the way that it worked out, where they were able to pull Wheeler early in Game One and survive that, they can bring him back. You know, at the end of the series, they could bring Nola back at the end of the series, depending on what happens this afternoon. I I think the Phillies are going to outlast him. I, I bet it goes. Six or seven, though. I don't think this is yeah. necessarily going to be a short one. I'm going to yeah. take Phillies in seven. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I'm really hoping we get a nice long series because these are two of my favorite teams to watch in baseball, partially because the Phillies are – their flaws make them fun to watch, to be yeah, kind honest of. with you. And, and it's also – not going to lie to you – it's not quite Met fan Twitter, but Philadelphia fan Twitter can be an awful lot of fun to kind of watch go through their ups and downs. Um, yeah. After that air, uh, the uh, the air, you could feel Twitter changing to a, uh, a different degree. But uh, yeah, I think this will be a really interesting one. This does kind of have a AFC championship game when the Cowboys and 49ers were really good feel to it, to be completely honest with you. But at the same time with those top two and for the San Diego top three starters, you just never know Uh, the ALC. Uh, uh, This, this note I just saw on Twitter. I wanted to read it's from Philly's notes, a verified account. So Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have combined to cover 32 of the Phillies 62 innings this postseason. And wow. have a zero point eight four ERA with twenty nine strikeouts to six walks. Like, there's the recipe. Yeah, it's going to be a little different in a seven game series, obviously, yeah. than the three and five game series they played. But that's the recipe, and they're doing it. And to to get home runs, like, yeah, it's two aces and homers. That's yeah. what the Mets were hoping they would get from yeah. from Scherzer and Degrom, and, and yeah. it's a recipe that on paper you still say that should work. Yeah. It should carry yeah. you here. It just 100%. happened to work out for the for the Phillies, and then you know the Mets didn't have the power 
bats to really back it up either. But it, it's interesting to compare those uh, approaches for sure. Meanwhile, the American League, we have a familiar matchup between the Yankees and the Astros, something that we've seen a couple times over the last six. By the way, I did not realize that this is the seventh straight year that the Houston Astros have advanced to the LCS. Like, that is absolutely incredible. Say whatever you want about that organization. Um, You can't beat that sustainability. You just can't. Uh, DJ, what do you think the key to this series is? Uh, I, well, I think it's the Astros pitching uh, like they should. Um, and mm-hmm. that starts at the top with Justin Verlander. And, and we saw in his start in the LDS against the Mariners, he was very bad. Yes. Uh, he gave up six runs on 10 hits. Which version of Verlander did we see at the start of this series in a game where the Astros should have the clear advantage against Jamison Tyone? Um, I'm looking at the odds here for today. So the Astros are the favorites at, at minus 180. Yankees a plus 150. I mean, this is a game the Astros have to get because they have the, all the advantages here with the Yankees had to, you know, pitch Cole and then Nestor Cortez. Obviously the Yankees need to survive. So they, they start them on three days rest, but that sets the Astros up perfectly. Um, at the start of the series, they've rested for what is it? Four days now. Yeah. Um, they should be ready to go. They, they, you know, the Yankees finished their game uh, last night and yeah. have to go all the way to Houston I mean, sure. the, the Astros are sitting pretty. This is a series where they should be able to get off strong. You have Framber Valdez going in game two. You have Lance McCullers. You're pitching set up just the way you want. So I think that's really that's really the key for the Astros is for Verlander to, to get back to his Cy Young status here. True. Yes. So the regular season ended exactly two weeks ago today, and the Astros have played three games. but they've won all three i think dusty baker is the perfect manager for this type of situation so cool calm collected like he's not gonna like instill you know nervousness about what is this rest gonna do to us he's gonna be let's chill let's enjoy this let's get our pitchers right you know let's take batting practice let's work in the right way to get ourselves prepared for this and as you mentioned dj the yankees had to hustle down to houston for this game one um, I, I think the Astros are going to roll. I, I know Verlander looked finally looked his age for once in that game one of, of the ALDS against the Mariners, but I, I would feel really good about him coming out and racking up a bunch of strikeouts um, in this game one tonight. And then the Astros, they have so much more depth than the Yankees have. I think this Yankees team is really flawed. Um, so I, I'm going to take the Astros to win this in, in four or five. Like, I, I think they're really going to roll. And I, I was on battle, battle of the bets today. I guess that video will be coming out shortly. Do you guys want to hear my picks for this game tonight? Yeah, Please do it. So Astros team total over three and a half. That's at minus minus one twenty. I like that Ooh. one a lot. Yeah. Astros to be leading after the first five innings was also minus minus one twenty. I really like that one a lot. Again, the Astros should get to Jamison Tyon. And yeah. if Verlander is just, you know, a little bit better than mediocre, that I feel I feel like that one hits. And then Kyle Tucker to record an RBI is plus 180. You know, and he mashes righties. I think yeah. he's going to he, he's probably going to get a look at Tyon with someone on base, if not in the first inning then in the second inning depending on where he bats. Those lineups aren't out yet. So, I don't know. When when you put a baseball bet on paper, it can look good and then it can very quickly not look good. That's just the nature of betting. But I feel good about right. those three. I think I'm moving on 
and Kenny Ducey's going down. <laughs> I'm ro- I'm definitely rooting for you, even if I'm not necessarily rooting for the Houston Astros. If I'm being completely I'm not either. I'm not either. No, I, but, I, I, but look, I, I respect the heck out of them. Uh, I will say my prediction for the series is going to be Astros in six. Um, but I will say this. Um, one, Justin Verlander, we talked about this in our last podcast, a 4.17 ERA in the postseason against teams that are not the Oakland Athletics. Now, I also think Justin Verlander is as good as he's kind of ever been right now, like what based on what I saw from him in the regular season. Like he had his chance at like three no-hitters in this, in this year where if he was the 33-year-old Justin Verlander, he might have gotten two or three of them. Um, but I do think that's interesting. The key for me for this series is – can anybody but Aaron Judge on the Yankees do anything? I mean, mm-hmm. look, Harrison Bader Harrison hit Bader. three home. Yeah, that was and that was fun to see. Uh, Anthony Rizzo had a 958 OPS in his five games. I think he's going to be a massive just to be able to get on base and to put pressure on these guys. I also think it's going to be interesting to see for Houston. Jose Altuve was awful in that mm-hmm. series. Yeah, awful. it was. And my good buddy RJ Anderson wrote an interesting article about attacking him with sinkers up in the zone. Now, normally he's a guy who does pretty well against those pitches, but I'll be interesting to see because he, I still think it's very important to have that guy on base for the Houston Astros. Like they have a good lineup and Yuli Gurriel is such an underrated player and had an awesome series. But I do think that that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. The Yankees are a flawed baseball team, but you don't win 99 games without being pretty darn good. But I think they're going to have to win a couple of Garrett Cole starts and have some really, really fortunate luck in order to win it. Uh, DJ, who do you got going forward? I have the Astros in five in this series. I do mm. think the Astros are far and away the better team. They're set yeah. up better for this series. Their pitching depth is is great. Uh, their bullpen's good. The Yankees hit 182 during the ALDS against yeah. the, uh, the Guardians. Um, wow. But they had some timely hitting. They had some power. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, is that going to show up against this Astros pitching staff? I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. Is yeah. Harrison Bader going to hit three home runs in this series? You know, but hey, I mean that that move has paid off really nicely uh, for the Yankees. You know, I, I think a lot of Yankee fans initially, when the, yeah. Jordan Montgomery was traded to the Cardinals, there were a lot of frustrated Yankees fans to see him thriving there. But I think the the way the Yankees thought about it is they weren't sure that Jordan Montgomery was going to make a start in the postseason for them. Yeah. So they saw him as being expendable, get that uh, defensive upgrade in center field with Bader, but he's shown up with the bat uh, too. So that's been huge for the Yankees. Uh, we'll see if he can keep that going. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun series. You've got star power on, on both sides, but I think Me the too. Astros are just um, all around, I think by far the better team here. Yeah, I I think it's just hard to pick against a team that's as good as Houston. It it they are just built for this. Like, and we have seen the the previous success as well. I, I think it would be a lot of fun to see uh, uh, Dusty Baker get that ring as well. I've I've come around on this. I used to be a, an anti Dusty guy because of what happened with Pryor and Kerry Wood, but uh, I believe that he has. I have come around on this situation. Uh, let's talk about our competition. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar. Uh, we've in our first postseason show, me, Drew, DJ, and our good buddy Colin Henderson drafted uh, playoff teams, uh, fantasy playoff teams. And what we did was we had to take one player from each team and no more. Uh, so when we set a full lineup and we're just doing a point system going forward, and our good buddy, Mr. Short, has the standings. And uh, w- w- me and Drew are hearing this for the first time. So we're excited to hear the update. Okay. So. Uh- 
just to bring everyone up to speed through the wild card round, um, Colin was in first with 58 points. Chris had 56. Drew had 52, or I had 52, and Drew had yeah. 32. Okay. Uh, so bringing us up to speed here through the LDS round, Colin is dominating. Oh, no. There you know. He has 157 total points, including the wild card round. Chris, you're in second with 138 points. So he has a 19-point lead. Okay. Uh, I have 135, so I'm three behind you, Chris. Drew, you had a very good division round, but you have 118 total points. That's better uh, than I thought where I'd be. I, yeah. But Colin is Colin is killing it. He had a really good series from Real Mudo. Uh, Freeman, even though the Dodgers lost, Jose Ramirez, he had. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just – yeah, he's he's hit on everyone. Um, Aaron Judge, of course, he had there. Sure. Uh, so, he's – yeah, he's just been all around very, very uh, solid. I have Manny Machado. Uh, he's, like, one of the players that nobody else picked. Nice. So that's a, that's a variable that can maybe work in my favor. But I think Colin is so far out front that we may not be able to, to catch him. Yeah. The issue is, unfortunately, that we have a lot of similar players. Like, yeah. I know we all have JT Romuto in that series. I know that. Uh, we all have Aaron Judge. We all Aaron have Jose Judge. Altuve. And we all have Jose Altuve. And I believe Colin and I both have you, Darvish. Um, so yes. that's not going to. Well, congratulations to Colin on winning a yeah. spectacular. We did not discuss a prize. A spectacular, but, no yeah. prize at all. I, I'll send him a a, a, a hobby box of Topps Pro debut for, for his uh, <laughs> for winning that. I one. want that Kyle Hamilton card. Oh Chris. man, yeah, I showed Drew. I got uh, I did a break of National Treasures, and I got some nice uh, rookie patch autos of our good buddy Kyle Hamilton. We're both fans of Notre Dame, and not thrilled with how Notre Dame has been playing through the season. Do you root for a college team, DJ? I do not. Um, yeah, I never, I never, for what, I mean, I used to watch like Notre Dame on NBC. Who hurt you? Did. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't go to a, I didn't go to a division one school. Okay. Uh, so I, that was not like a big deal. Um, right. I liked Duke basketball when I was a kid, Ugh. which I think I've been over before. This was like when they were not good. Um, so it's not like I was a front runner. That's what everyone sure. says. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't actively root for a college team. That's fair. Uh, as a kid, I grew up rooting for Notre Dame football, Duke basketball, and Chelsea. So as you can tell, I had a lot, a lot of friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week. We're really excited to see what's going to go on. It's, I, I, as much as I want to see uh a a good series i gotta be honest after what they did to my did to my mariners and grandma i'm really rooting for the yankees but at the same time i think these are going to be awfully awfully tough to beat uh if you like what you're hearing please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button uh you can follow me at crawford underscore milb you can follow drew at drew silve and you can follow dj short at dj short thanks again everybody we'll see you next week and um yeah, I'm going to say go Yankees. I, I, I'm not I'm supposed to be biased, but they, they hurt my Mariners. Go Yankees.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.